millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, my very good friends. Andy Murray here for What Culture Wrestling. And after six months on the sidelines, Alistair Black is finally back on WWE television. That was a weird six-month period, wasn't it? The guy went away in October 2020. He was drafted to SmackDown on the very same night that he lost his feud with Kevin Owens, and then he just disappeared. This period of time while he was away was full of all kinds of different stories. Which management member is high on him? Which one hates his goddamn guts? What's he doing? Is he injured? Oh look, his wife, Selena Vega, she's left the company and now she's come back. It's been a whole cornucopia of weirdness. But he's back on TV and that's a good thing. Alistair Black is a very talented man. I think anyone who's watching this video would probably agree with this. He's a hard-hitting striker between the ropes but not the one-trick pony you might normally assume with that style of wrestling. He's very diverse, very technical, very hard-hitting and of course he has a presence that very few others in modern pro wrestling have. He can talk a little bit as well, he's got a great character, a unique look. And he's on SmackDown, and SmackDown is a pretty well-booked show. I mean, it draws more critical acclaim than any other WWE property at the moment, including NXT. At the very top of the card, you got Roman Reigns doing good things, and, you know, that whole storyline brings a number of other people in it, from Jey Uso to the recently uh, released Daniel Bryan. All kinds of people in that orbit are doing well. And look at the moment. you got Cesaro. He's been in the world title scene, the universal title scene, I should say, and he's been doing well too. So you look at all of this stuff and you think, hey, you know, things didn't work out well for Aleister Black since pretty much he joined the main roster. The past 18 months have not been great. But now he's on SmackDown and you think with everything going on there, plus, you know, the added bonus of having Paul Heyman in creative's ear potentially, maybe Aleister Black is finally going to get that nice big push with two O's that so many people have been longing for him for, I don't know, years, basically? Well, my friends, I'm afraid I'm here to piss on your parade. We're going to start by taking a look at Black's new vignette series, the Tales 
of the Dark Father. It's presented very creatively, as you would imagine. And there's candles in the background, there's some spooky music, there's some lovely sepia-toned animations in there, and he's telling these semi-autobiographical and semi-metaphorical tales of his childhood. Going to funerals, dragons, uh, all kinds of other stuff going on, this rotten human race, all of that stuff. It's drawing all kinds of words out of people, all kinds of analysis. Interesting, intriguing, can't wait to see what happens next, and that's understandable. It's Alistair Black, and this presentation style is completely different from anything else on the show. Is it, though? The thing about the Tales of the Dark Father is that if you take away the glasses and you take away the candles and the animations, we've kind of been here before. Do you remember when Alistair Black was sitting on Raw and Smackdown in a darkened closet which may as well have been some kind of janitorial area, asking the roster, begging him in some cases, to pick a fight? I do, and God, it was incessant. This period lasted for bloody ever, man. Almost a year and a half he was sitting in that closet begging you to come and see him and pick a fight. And yes, Black had plenty of good matches during this period. He wrestled Sami Zayn in a couple of bangers, SF Rollins, of course, uh, AJ Styles as well. Good stuff peppered throughout all of this. But at no point did the guy look like he was going to move up the card. At no point did it look like Aleister Black, either as a wrestler, a character, or just in terms of credibility, was going to become anything like what he was in NXT. And if you strip away the gimmickry, if you throw those glasses in the bin and get LASIK eye surgery, if you extinguish the candles, remove all of that stuff, and look at this recent series of segments, The Tales of the Dark Father, you realise that this is Pick a Fight 2.0. And if you look at the way the guy has been presented on the main roster since coming up, well, that doesn't exactly offer a lot of hope for some kind of prolonged push itself. He was great in NXT. He was a tremendous NXT champion. The key down there was that they didn't overexpose his character. They didn't overcook any part of it. Uh, he had the presence. He had the aura. He had the amazing, maybe company best in-ring entrance. The incendiary soundtrack was tremendous as well. Uh, he wrestled well. He had, of course, the added freedom of being in NXT. But key in all of this was that when he spoke, it was brief. It was to the point, and it didn't happen often. You know, lines like Enjoy Infamy, Velveteen Dream, which has unfortunately come on to mean a completely different thing now, uh, they hung in the air because they were impactful, they were brief. It wasn't because Aleister Black was sitting there every week in a darkened closet spitting out 600 words that some reality TV writer had scripted for him asking somebody to pick a fight. And he gets to the main roster, and like so many people before him, he doesn't reach the same heights. Now, not everyone who comes up from NXT should reach the same heights, but when you look at Aleister Black's main roster career, it's hard to argue that he shouldn't have done more, even if you look at the call-up itself. What went down around that time in 2019? It was Vince McMahon just deciding, hey, Triple H, give me some new toys. Give me Aleister Black, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. I've no plans for these guys. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. No idea how I'm going to book them. I just want some new toys, man. And predictably, his interest in those new toys lasted a couple of months. Uh, Black and Ricochet, of course, wrestled for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles over WrestleMania 35 weekend. They also wrestled for the NXT Tag Team titles that weekend as well. And they were a fun tag team. 
but they were thrown together, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, and by the time we got that out of our system, it was kind of curtains for Alistair Black's prospects for a prolonged push. So when you kind of try and look at this a little bit objectively, there are plenty of reasons to feel cynical about what's currently going on with Black on SmackDown. Uh, yes. Tales of the Dark Father, pick a fight 2.0 essentially, the way they've handled him on the main roster so far, and of course, Paul Heyman. Uh, Alistair Black was widely reported to be a Paul Heyman guy, along with the likes of Andrade, who uh, Paul was a fan of, he wanted to support, he wanted to present well when he was Raw's executive director, but he was demoted from that position of course, and now that maybe his creative influence isn't quite what it was, maybe he'll have some with Alistair on SmackDown admittedly, but now that it's a different situation, that doesn't quite bode well either. And of course, when Alistair was away, there was all kinds of reports about how Vince McMahon just didn't see anything in him. Dave Meltzer came through saying that unless Vince McMahon just randomly decides that he likes the guy, he's not gonna get anything major on TV. And look, I know it's kind of cliche in situations like this, but you have to consider Vince McMahon a barrier to his potential success in WWE. Aleister Black's not exactly the kind of guy that you look at and go, yes, that's a Vince McMahon dude. He's in great shape at the moment. And uh, you know, he's very charismatic and he's a great wrestler and everything else with a unique marketable look. But he's not the first guy that Vince McMahon is going to point to. If you look at the people who are currently holding belts in WWE, these massive hulking behemoths on the main roster, your Bobby Lashley, your Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, before Bobby of course. Yeah man, <laughs> there you go. And an optimist might view Alistair's six month break from television as maybe a good thing, as a chance to heal up those minor injuries he was reportedly carrying uh, at the time he took the break, as a chance for him to refresh, re-energize, revive, just take a break, recharge those batteries, come back with something new and kill it on arrival. And honestly, I wish I could buy into that myself. It's just that everything about WWE history and the way these wrestlers who are big internet favorites or whatever term you want to use to describe them, the way these people are handed, the way this type of wrestler is handled suggests that probably not, man, probably not. And the best thing to do in any situation like this with regards to WWE creative, the booking decisions, everything else, keep it at arm's length, man, it's a lot safer, because let's be honest, the chances of WWE taking this guy and turning him into the Aleister Black that he was in NXT are far slimmer than they are of him, you know, turning into the next Alexa Bliss with, I'm not suggesting he's going to turn up with pigtails or swing on a kid's playground, but I wouldn't be surprised if three months from now, Aleister Black had some spooky supernatural powers of his own and was a cartoonish nightmare that shouldn't really exist if this is grounded in any form of reality. The way to make Aleister Black truly work in WWE is what we saw in NXT, man. And look, main roster booking is not always as simple as going, just do what you did at the performance center. That was working. It doesn't always work that way. But with him, it really should. This character succeeded primarily because he wasn't doing what I'm doing right now and regurgitating these lengthy promos every single week. You get little slivers here and there, but his aura is one that should be protected. It should be preserved. It shouldn't all be thrown at you at once. Less is more. Aleister Black has a presence. But that presence goes away when he's reading goofy kid stories in a room with candles or asking you to pick a fight when he could just open the door and go and find one for himself. And 
I'm an Alistair Black fan. I think the guy's great. I loved him in NXT. I loved Tommy End on the indies as well. But this is a marriage that I believe is destined to end in failure. Fundamentally, you just can't trust a company that can't present its product in anything but the most cartoonish light to get a character like this right for longer than a couple of weeks. And it's best we come to terms with that now. It's best we talk about that now than risk disappointment later down the line. The problem with WWE is often it makes you feel foolish for investing in things. And I don't want to be the grump who sits here and goes, don't care about everything, everything sucks, blah, 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 blah. But in this situation, my friends, there are more than a few reasons to feel cynical. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 